Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim. This sermon is going to be a little different than normal. Right now, it is Monday, March 30th, and we are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, and so people across the country are relegated to their homes. They're on shelter in place or on lockdown or uh, severely limited in where they normally would go. And so we've been doing our worships online during this time. If you were listening to this, you can join us. We do it through Zoom. You can find it on our website, the Zoom link for it, htelc.com. You can also find it on Facebook. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. That'd be facebook.com slash Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church uh, is the way you find it, or just search for Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church, and you'll find us that way on Facebook. But because we've been doing it online, uh, to be honest, I feel like the sermon has been a little sloppy. It's hard to preach when you don't quite have an audience right there, and I just wasn't very comfortable. And then um, I was using slides at the same time, doing a screen share, and I just didn't like the way it came out. So, <clears throat> excuse me, for the a sermon that went on the podcast, I wanted to try it again and record it this way. So that's what you're getting now. It is a really long scripture reading. It comes from John 9, 1 through 45, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just going to double check that. John 11, 1 through 45. So a really long scripture reading. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but instead I'm going to summarize it and then get into the sermon. The story of John 11, 1 through 45 is the raising of Lazarus. And so Jesus, uh, word gets to Jesus that um, his friend Lazarus is dead, and Jesus says, he's not dead, but he's asleep. And uh, he'll eventually go, but he doesn't go right away. And he says, we should go to Judea first. And disciples are like, well, why should we go to Judea? They're just trying to kill you. And so Jesus has a response to that, um, that we have to go where there's work to do. It's not going to be light always. And so while it is light out, let's go do work. So they go that way. Eventually gets word again that Lazarus um, is still dead and people want him to come. So this is where it really gets interesting. Um, Is that, I'm just looking at the scripture as I go ahead and read it. When Jesus finally makes his way there, when Jesus saw her weeping, and here is referring to Mary, and the Jews came with her also were weeping. He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. And what I find interesting about this passage is we get an emotional side of Jesus, which you periodically get, but not very often. The only other time I think we can really get an image of the emotions Oh, maybe a couple of the times is when he's on the cross, Father, why have you forsaken me? Or also when he gets to the temple and he turns over the tables of the many changers because they're abusing their power and they've desecrated the sacred space. And we also get it here when Jesus uh, began to weep. And not only from his own emotions, but he was involved in the emotions of those people around him. He first was greatly disturbed and moved because of those who around him were weeping. And it's a really empath- empathetic side of Jesus that I like. 
he doesn't shy away from his emotions. It's not like Jesus is always this person on a stone in a field with a holding a lamb with children sitting on the green grass around him, right? Where everything is perfect. Uh, That's just not the life Jesus led where everything was always so uh, even keel. But he had these ups and downs and we see one of these downs here. And one of the things that brought him into the downs is the way he was affected by those around him. He was empathetic. He had empathy. Uh, He was able to understand their feelings and he was able to feel them also. And I think empathy is just in such short supply today um, that it is something that we understand our own point of view and we think other people should understand our point of view. And almost with the phrase, my experience makes the rule. But if we all think my experience makes the rule, then we're all making different rules. Empathy allows you to understand different people have different experiences, so they feel different ways about different things. What I find really interesting about this time that's going on right now is this COVID-19 pandemic is spreading across, is that there really does seem to be a whole big sense of empathy that has not been seen in a while. I feel like there are people um, coming out of the woodwork to ensure that um, places that need food to give to the hungry are full. You know, I'm going around with walks uh, with my dog or with my wife, and we see drawings of uh, on the sidewalk with chalk of people giving encouraging words. People are posting on Facebook, you know, just beautiful scenes. They want to get out of this negativity that is going on. And they're always asking each other, how can we help? And they're making sure that people have the help we need. And they're very empathetic toward each other. Well, that's very easy to do when we're all in the midst of the same experience. I can be empathetic towards somebody much easier when I'm going through the same thing they are. And that's what's going on right now in the world. We're all going through this pandemic where we are confined to our homes. And we, so we share the same experience. So it's easy to, be, to have empathy. The trick is when our experiences are different to also have empathy toward the other person also. That's when we need to remember that our experience doesn't make the rule. And empathy is so important. And so it's sharing and understanding the feelings of another. I like Brene Brown. If you've read anything by her, you know you are fortunate. She has a great book where she gets into empathy called Daring Greatly. And... um, she really delves into what empathy is. And she also says what empathy is not and what to say if you don't, (laughs) if you're not being empathetic, you don't say the word but, or you don't say at least, right? If you say at least someone comes to you with their heartache and you say, well, at least, right? You know, um, all you're doing is negating everything that came beforehand and you're negating the feelings that they had also, um, and so at least is not a good thing to say. I'm trying to think of examples and I'm really coming up blank right now. So I apologize for that, but at least doesn't help. It just negates what somebody is com- going through, uh, to be empathetic. You don't say at least what I like is one of my seminary professors, Dan Olson, he taught pastoral care. He said the best response you can give somebody when they're going through their, their own stuff or they're going through pain is simply to say, I'm sorry, that sucks. I'm sorry, that sucks. People want you to be in their pain with them. 
oftentimes we're not going to be able to solve someone else's problem. And we don't really want someone else to solve the problem. We just want to know that we're not alone in our pain. We're not alone in our problem. And that is really what I think Jesus does here as he comes and eventually makes his way to be with Mary uh, as she and other people as they grieve the death of Lazarus is that Jesus comes in and he sees them um, weeping and he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved, right? He, their effect, uh, emotions affected him. And then when he, they said to him, Lord, come and see, then Jesus began to weep. Not only was he able to understand it, but then he was able to experience it as well. And I think that is just something we need in the world today, more of more empathy, understanding other people's emotions. I like where the next part comes. So Jesus does then uh, heal Lazarus. He raises him from the dead, and they take take the stone away, and they're like, ah, Jesus, do you understand? He's been dead four days. It is going to reek. Leave that stone there. Uh, it's just, it's not good. But Jesus insists that they move it away, and he yells, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, and his hands and his feet were bound with strips of cloth, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. And this next part, Jesus says to them, unbind him and let him go. Jesus takes this individual healing and moves it into the community. It is not just about God and Jesus and Lazarus. It is about Lazarus being restored to the community. And in order for Lazarus to be restored into the community, the community has to be involved in it also. One of my favorite lines is, it is not about God and me, it is about God and we. We are all in this together, which again really lays into that empathy part. If it's just about me and God, then I don't care what somebody else's is going through. I know I've got Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm content, and I'm happy, and you just do whatever you want, and it's not going to bother me. But that's not the life of faith that we are called to do. We are called to be in community. And when Jesus calls Lazarus to come out, he then commands those around him um, come out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. He calls the community to be part of it, which makes me think of, you remember that great uh, quote by Mr. Rogers? Actually, it comes from Mr. Rogers' mom. And Mr. Rogers said, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. And my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And I really like that as well. Look for the helpers, especially during this time. Who are those people that are going out when you are filled with despair or anxiety? You turn on your computer or you turn on the TV in the morning. You're just filled with a sense of dread because of it just seems like things are getting worse. Get your news. Get updated information, but then turn it off. And then where do you see good things happening to let your spirit be lifted there? Where do you see people helping? Look for the helpers. And it is in the helpers that we will see God. But I want to take that one step farther because if we all just look to the helpers, we will miss. uh, There won't be anyone helping. We're looking for the helpers, but we need people to help. So maybe we can take it from look for the helpers to be the helpers. And I think that'd be really important to do too, not just to look for the helpers, 
to be the helpers, be those ones who other people can look at and see like, okay, it's going to, we're going to make this through. A new day is coming. This is not going to last. There is good in the world and God will win in the end. There is a quote, though, that I really enjoy as well when it talks about helping. And so often when we help, it's as if, let me do this for you. I know what you need, so just sit back. I'll do it. But we always don't know what the other person needs. Um, and so there's a quote from Lila Watson. Um, she's an Aboriginal educator and activist from Australia. And she says, if you come to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. She doesn't want to be helped. Don't come and just tell her what to do or do it for her. But if you are, if your liberation is bound up with mine, because there are people who are enslaved, because there are people who are oppressed, at some level you are enslaved also. At some level you are oppressed also. And so you're working to end whatever enslaves people. You're working to end whatever oppresses people because if one are oppressed, we all are oppressed. And if one is freed, we all are freed. And so that's where empathy comes into this again. You need to understand what people are going through. You need to know there's feelings if you want to know how can you best walk beside somebody during their time of need. How can you best help? Not to say, here's what I'm going to do for you. But instead to ask the question, what do you need from me? How can I best be with you during this time? How can I say, I'm sorry, that sucks. And how do we move through this? And maybe that's a whole part of what uh, God did in Jesus. Yes, God came to solve a problem of sin in the world and to raise us new life. But he also came just to be with us, to enter into our lives, to enter into the midst. If you remember that story from a week ago, we had Jesus healing the blind man, where Jesus spits into the mud, rubs in his hand, and pours in his eyes, right? I mean, God and Jesus came into the mud of our lives to be with us and to free us from that. And that is what we're called to do, too. And so that's what I wanted to leave you with today. When we hear about Jesus healing Lazarus, that we have empathy, that we enter into the lives of other people, we enter into their feelings, into their emotions, understand their experiences, and that we look for helpers when we get full of anxiety. We are the helpers to help other people uh, have hope. And then we understand that we're all in this together, that we haven't just simply come to help, but we've come because we are bound up with each other, our liberation and freedom is all of our liberation freedom. If one of us is enslaved and impressed, we all are enslaved and impressed, oppressed. As we know as God and Jesus Christ, God has come to free not just one of us, but God frees all of us. May you see your freedom in Christ today and every day that is to come. Amen.